Hello, Ryan. And hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 137 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslin, we record an episode every week about a horror film that we watched. It's true. And we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything else we found interesting or noteworthy. Emphasis on we. Also true. (laughs) But emphasis also on we are glad you are here joining us. This is very much in the spirit of friends getting together and simply digesting, a.k.a. dismembering a horror film, all for the love and fun of horror and all that it uniquely offers to, uh, well, to be able to discuss due to their unique horror-centric stories. Mm. Delving, mm-hmm. delving into the darkness, as we like to say. And for episode 137, this very episode, from 1980, we watched Motel Hell, which is very much, uh, you may remember from having seen it kind of sort of that one time on TBS years ago, <laughs> and it was weird, and what, and th- yeah, there were like pe- people in the dirt, or maybe it's one of your favorites, and you know this, you know, this front to back, or maybe you haven't seen it at all. Like me. but uh, you could guess that first example was a bit more uh, where I was coming from with this but hey we've seen it now we're going to talk about it now Tim let's talk about it go okay it's a movie (laughs) no 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 I'm just putting you on the spot here let's uh, unless you have anything else of course we can start with the trailer for it so yeah all right. Let's do that. You got that all queued up. We're going to show you folks the partial trailer for, or we're going to play for you to listen to it, the trailer for. As I just said, here we go. Motel Hell. You may never again spend a night away from home. After you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. Your most terrifying nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Vincent. You think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I have a surprise for you. Oh, goody, I love surprises. One after another, they come. One after another, they check in. Tim. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh man, just another. I feel like I've been saying this a lot, but just I certainly do miss watching these in the same room as you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, talk about uh, indelible—not moments, but just uh, overall <laughs> indelibleness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's a interesting one because it's kind of like—I mean, I guess this is sort of telling you my my rating and in, in saying this or my in review summary thing well that's what we're this. on tim so that's perfect um i i kept kind of going back and forth of like this is so stupid and ridiculous <laughs> to like it's so good stupid and ridiculous yes, been, you know what i mean yeah. where i was like it, it, it given <laughs> given the time of day and like my mood i could see myself being like no, I'm not watching this. <laughs> but I had, you know, I I was sort of just whatever. I was hanging out watching it, and yeah, I think if we had been in the same room watching it, would have been a lot even more fun. But I, I, you know, halfway through, I kind of was like, yeah, this is this is fun. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, like it's so stupid, <laughs> and so much of it to me is just like doesn't even make sense. But whatever, Cliff Clavin's in it. It's great yeah i'd give it a rent <laughs> you're there's just so much exactly what i went through too <laughs> i i had to give it a rent in the end just like at first because yeah at first it's just like you're like okay this is bad but yet that's not affecting like how enjoyably weird it is the story is still there the it's like this. It's yeah. just such a yeah. weird, unique little world you're stepping into. <laughs> the, um, you know, I, I love the the redneck horror kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 brother sister were just so weird and funny and great, as you said, Rory Rory Calhoun, um, Wolfman Jack cameo. So it was like <laughs> so random. So it was like yeah, all just enough for me after. I think when it got to like one of, I think like the second they're buried under the ground scenes and they're feeding them via like the funnels, I'm like, okay, this is a rent it. Like after <laughs> only be, you know, how only focusing on how quote unquote bad it was. But even the badness was like good. Like you don't want to, ch- like it makes it, it, like I don't want to change it about it. It's one of those movies. It's weird to frame it, it is, as fixing it. Is weird it. Because um, I spent a lot of the movie wondering where they were sort of aiming like i was like are they trying to be funny are they not trying to be funny are they like like how earnest is all of this and and my in the middle of it uh brit texted me and was like how's the movie i was like i don't know (laughs) and she's like well is it funny and i was like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she's like well the poster says you might just die laughing like she's like i think it's supposed to be funny i was like oh yeah maybe it is supposed to be funny okay let me think about that for a second well i mean once you get to the scene with the swinger couple like that's, yeah, well, i hadn't gotten there yet <laughs> if that's it's funny it is just funny and yeah. i'll save it for we're already kind of getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves here what's working but there was one scene you could probably guess what it is where i'm like this is a legit great scene this is the great scene of the film and this alone gives it a rent for me like a rent rating for me <laughs> i mean i can 
I could think of one moment where I just was like, okay, they're, they know what they're doing. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so to get there, we got to next do our summary. This is whether you, you did uh, participate in watching this with us or having seen it before, which we do hope and we, you know, we speak as if you have seen it. This is uh, just a plug-in to <laughs> what we got out of it, what the story was to us. And if you are listening without having seen it and don't want to watch it, we'll, we'll do mm. our best for you too. <laughs> well, I watched it a week ago, so. Okay, uh, I watched it last night. Okay, let's see what I remember. <laughs> yeah, um, truly an uh, exercise in what we just said we like to do. What what was this movie for you now, Tim? Right, 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 right. So it's obviously, there. it's a backwoodsy feel, small town America feel. Uh, there's a remote motel called the Motel Hello, but the O is flickering. So it says Motel Hell, and it's a red neon sign. It's great. Um, They sell meat, like cured meats, as well as being a motel. So they got a pig farm. Um, They're known for it. It's like they give away bumper stickers. People are like, I used to grow up with this as a kid. Uh, Hmm. Well, and then what really starts us off, Tim, is we get an accident. <laughs> he shoots out a a, a motorcyclist. Yeah, it's it's confu- Yeah, I, pretty sure he. Sh- it seems like when it's happening, he doesn't necessarily shoot them, but he does. I, I agree because I remember it's like they kept a little something from us because yeah. he's carrying around a shotgun. He's in the middle of the night. He's wandering through the woods. Comes upon the road, he hears a motorcycle coming. It's got a guy on it and a girl, uh, and in the side, it's a it's got a sidecar, right? Very cool. <laughs> and they come around a bend and 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 have a blowout. Um, which sidebar is a really good um movie, blowout, uh, with John Travolta. It's um, what's his name? <laughs> Tim. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they have a blowout. Later, we find out that there's buckshot in the tire. So, but we didn't see him, sh- the the hotel owner, motel owner. What's his name? Vincent? Yes, Farmer Vincent. Yeah. So, like, weirdly, it goes on where the guy in the accident dies and Terry, the <laughs> the girl, survives. And she kind of just stays with them. She kind of they gets, like take her in and yeah. they wake her up or like kind of take care of her, patch her up, wake her up, say, hey, sorry, but your boyfriend's dead. We already buried him. For some reason, like, she fa- what, are we, what am I going to do? So for You're some like, reason, well, just hang out. She falls in love with Vincent. <laughs> Yeah, what the I'll tell you what the reason is is because she he's he's relatively nice to her and the other dude in the movie the cop is a super creep. Yep. Actually, yeah, it's <laughs> I love so always tickles me the people writing these Wikipedia summaries. She gradually oh becomes attracted to Vincent's honest manner and folksy charm, much to Bruce's dismay. <laughs> we have Bruce officer Bruce sheriff he sucks. Um yeah, okay, so that's all fun and whatever, set up and all that. But 
really the movie is about the you know this brother and sister who have a motel and and cured meats business and what they're really doing is kidnapping or like laying out traps for uh travelers really they're wrong turning people yeah that's right they are and then they're <laughs> They're going through a very strange process <laughs> of, of <laughs> burying the people alive up to their necks, cutting out their larynxes, uh, putting burlap sacks over their heads, and like, whatever. Like, why are they doing that? I, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe it makes their meat better when they actually finally cut them up and cure it. I, I, I mean, it was so random. You can tell this is like, was all my favorite stuff in the film. Like it's yeah. amazing. They, uh, at one point they, <laughs> they put like hypnotic pinwheel light show things in front of the, the guy's heads who are, I mean, it's just like, what is going on? <laughs> so, you know, you get it. And then, so ultimately, you know, the law kind of catches up with them, essentially. And um, the girl, what's her name? Tina or some shit like Terry. that? Terry. Terry. She 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 has to kind of come to she, – she, I mean, she they try to get married. Her and Vince – I mean, it's just Ida like, tries to kill heck? her. Yeah. they. Well, she discovers what they're doing, essentially. And so in, because she seemingly isn't on board – Ida is like, well, if you're not with us, we're going to kill you. And then Bruce shows up because he's kind of he's kind of connected some dots. Some of the the well, some all of the bodies that are like, I guess, in the ground prepping to be cured. They're still alive. They get out. So we've got a kind of a fun little finale where they. It's like a reversed sort of zombie ish take movie which i which i like so we can talk about that but there is this sort of feel of a a different take on the it's like the bad guy the good guys end up being zombies in a way and anyway we got a big final after the bad guys we got a big final confrontation between the farmer farmer vincent and sheriff bruce and (laughs) sheriff bruce and then uh, Terry's like, "No, this place is evil. Let's uh, let's." She suggests burning it down, I guess. But yeah. That uh, saying it's evil, and then um, and then end a movie. Let's, you want to talk about what worked? <laughs> yeah. Great. All right, here we go. Next section. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. I mean, can we just (laughs) what worked? Well, okay. I mean, just to kind of catch up with what we've already said, it's it's not that it's so bad; it's good. It is. It's it's good, and then it's good because it's bad. So it's both bad and good. It's really interesting. And it's like the bad is partly what makes it good. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know what it kind of makes me... It kind of makes me... Uh, it's got a similar feel to 
what was good about Evil Ed without the like nod and wink and like just total slapsticky like eye on it aspect that Evil Ed had that I didn't like. So it's it's towing a very strange line. Um like it's right up to the edge. For me of it was something bad. It was pretty and close without to without actually being bad. Is kind well, of, sort of similar in in um execution to tourist trap too, I thought. Yeah. Like that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was more slasher specifically. Right. But just as far as like you have this this the weirdness of their whole little world, which is just so great. And I think maybe that's like I don't know. They, they, I mean, yeah, a, a lot worked, but I guess just to get to one kind of similarly, you have you know the actor and the main actor in Tourist Trap was like this kind of famous sort of straight you know uh, strong jawed actor from back in the mm-hmm. day now being used as this totally batty character, and so to get that similarly with this or it's this one's doing a similar thing, and I I loved that so much. I mean, where it's like. Like story wise, character wise, where you have someone like Farmer, sorry, yeah, Vincent, who's, you know, when the when the girl when she when uh, Tina Terry comes on to him, he's like, oh, yo, you know, it's it's we should be married first, and and like the way right. he he says uh, about what they do, how it's all for a good cause, you know, killing people is never sort of this. It's it's black and white. It's an okay thing. It's like a justified Everybody theme for them. Everybody in the town loves the meat. Right. So they're all, exactly. Some of them are the biggest cannibals in town. So to have. It's like, he's like justifying it by saying that because they unwittingly are eating people and enjoying it, that they're complicit and that makes it okay. Right. So. It's so, it's so weird logic, but I kind of, I mean, I like it, how twisted his way of looking at things. So, it, so two things from that that I'm kind of getting at is just the themes in it are great. Plenty to chew on. And then <laughs> the, um, just his, his <laughs> and then his character stuff, like of just that kind of where he's, he's quiet and he's put together and he's doing his thing to have a character like that go totally, totally just baddie at the end is just like, it's so much fun. And like, I guess, yeah, to jump ahead, like that, that ending was so great because of it where you, yeah, you have, yeah, it's just like I said, you know, he's carrying himself all, all whatever throughout the movie, just kind of straight laced, da, 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 good, respectable farmer. Then he puts on a pig head and tries to kill <laughs> the sheriff with a chainsaw all while laughing maniacally. It's just like to have that sort of that damn burst into craziness with someone like that. It's so, oh, it's so good. I loved it. And then not all of that further culminates too, where like you get it where once he's actually dying, he's sort of, uh, takes stock of his life and repents in a way. <laughs> so a lot going on there. Yeah. I, I think actually, that's the strength of the movie is that they're – I don't know if this is exactly how to say this, but it, it's almost like an anti-horror trope movie that like he he's not – like he's both just a guy who like has a moral compass and like isn't a, isn't a total idiot – but also he's completely insane in how he looks at things. Not insane, but like his view of the world is super twisted. 
Um, but he's not like wrong necessarily. It's we it's very strange. It's it's a very nuanced thing, and I kind of like it because it, at the end it's sort of like, did he deserve to die? Yeah, but you kind of feel sympathy for him. It's, There's it's a very strange thing. In the same way that I thought like that, um, it's taking a convention of you know zombie people stalking in a group uh somebody and just kind of shoving it left of center and instead of being zombies they are the captives and the reason they're making zombie noises is justified because they got their throats taken out so they all they can do is gargle and the reason they're walking slow is because they've been buried in the ground like it's like all I think that's what it is. It's all sort of very justified and and makes sense. Like there's logic behind it, but it's doing tropes that we're familiar with. So it's weird. It's like bridging this strange, these two ends of, of a thing and ends up somehow working. <laughs> well, you're kind of, you're kind of. The uh, same with the, the quote unquote hero, Bruce. He's the worst person in the movie, right? Like he's a scum bag. All he wants is to try and get in uh, Terry. <laughs> you know, I call her Tina once and then that's all I can remember. God yeah. damn it. What's her name? Terry. Terry. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to highlight it. Terry. So he like all he wants to do is get with Terry and his whole thing is motivated by getting rejected by her. He sucks. And then when he comes to save the day, it's like, yeah, thanks for saving the day. But then he's still a gross creep and has probably the most amazing moment in film history to date that I can think of where to save her, he like Tarzan swings through a wall uh, totally unnecessarily in slow-mo like it's the greatest strangest moment yeah it comes it's so like unnecessary weird but like hero like over the top hero moment but he sucks i know we hate him so much (laughs) so i'm like i can't root for him so that's what i mean where it's almost like everything has like an overt contradiction within itself that makes it feel like they were either just they are hitting kind of gold without really trying to or they're the smartest filmmakers ever <laughs> yeah i think I, f- or I think uh just fun instincts you know yeah yeah so you touched on there something in there that maybe this isn't exactly what you're saying because you kind of ended up going a different direction but as far as like farmer vincent's concerned of like this this duality of like he's he feels evil that you also like relate to him and you get him he's like yeah, yeah there, there's a weird you know, mixed feelings there. I mean, to get into this uh, theme-wise, and I can't really beat around the bush here, and uh, on perfect cue, my cat walks in, but like animal advocacy, not killing animals, like however you want to put it, is all very important to me. Uh, Looking at things from the vegan perspective, speciesism, all that. So, So like my paradigm I exist in now is just like if you're able I just like that's just pain suffering exploitation you know that we commit to animals you know just by saying it's our it's our right to to eat them to to capture them and artificially inseminate them all that stuff so 
so you can imagine like when watching this, it was, it was really fun. Like the moments where, uh, or, or I kind of see that, you know, now I just sort of see everyone else as what I was going through too at the time where it's like a, um, a cognitive dissonance going on between loving animals, but then, <laughs> eat, you know, eating their flesh laid out on a plate for you. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah. and, and so there's, yeah, it just, this just gets into that like so, so much. It's, it's great where like from the quote where it's like, oh, as grandma used to say, meat's meat and a man's gotta eat. You know, it's just, it, you know, it's, it's the kernel of like kind of what you're getting at too. There's, even though there's a deliberateness of their methods, it feels like there's this kernel of insanity that's the, the, the the seed of it all you know Uh, well yeah i mean in a way it's kind of just pointing out how our tendency toward justification is so often just total bullshit like we're just we're justifying it because it's convenient yeah yeah you know like but i I like what you're saying because it really is true it's like this whole movie is essentially depicting it's humanizing the animal experience Mm -hmm. right and being like well what's the difference Mm -hmm. right like everybody seems fine with like going out hunting deer shooting it in the wild taking it home skinning it doing the whole thing and eating it like what's the difference between doing it to a deer and doing it to some humans? I even, and it's, it's kind of, I mean, you'll have to forgive me for my high, high horse here is my, my show and all that, <laughs> but I'm very passionate about all this, but like, yeah, I was talking with a friend and he's like, yeah, you know, I was thinking I wanted to get some, some venison meat from this area where they're, uh, in, where they're an invasive species, da, da, da. And it's just like that, that word invasive species, they didn't invade people, put them there. So it's like just this <laughs> sick thing. Imagine it playing out in fast motion where humans take these animals put like that then because of them <laughs> overpopulate and then justify murdering them because of what they did in the first place. I just saw this this video the other day of like a deer trying to wake up its dead mate that was just killed by hunters. I'm still th- thinking about that. But like I use the word species as an exa- perfect example of what that means in this film I loved so, so much was when their little like picnic scene where they're all getting drunk on Olympia um, <laughs> where it's like yeah. the brother sister not a good beer uh, the brother and sister farmers I'll defend it later um, and then you know our, our the new the new girl um, now I keep forgetting it too Terry Terry and then the sheriff they're having their little little picnic and they're and and Terry they're ter- they're telling Terry the story really jovially of the time the grandma, they killed grandma's dog and fed it to her. And she just thought it was great. And they're just laughing, da, 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 da. And this is right after they're telling her about, oh yeah, you know, they're enjoying the, their meat, the, the pig meat they're eating, sausages or whatever. So they go from, she goes from being like, oh yeah, this is fun. I'm eating his famous, his famous meat and learning how it's done. But as soon as it's a dog and not a pig, she gets really disturbed. So that's that's what that word means. Speciesism is applying. Yeah. Well, it makes me realize too that there's a that this. It's all throughout the movie, because really, the whole movie is giving examples of people using power 
to to justify or to um, accomplish a means that is that that they want for themselves. And like another good example is when Bruce takes Terry to the, to the like make out point, uses his his being a cop to clear the area so that they can be alone and he can try and take advantage of her. Right. So it's this sort of yeah, it's this misuse of power and to, you know, gain a thing for yourself selfishly or like um, maybe not selfishly, but in a way that benefits you, what you think is necessary for you. Well, it's and that comes down to it's pushed to the extreme that we see in this movie that looks as a total indifference towards another another life. So yeah. it's like what we see, you know, in real life slaughterhouses of, um, you know, almost sounds like they have to like, they're, you know, people who have to kind of to deal with it. Or you see this in the army too, in war, how people justify mm-hmm. killing where you almost like you, you, you're so far entrenched and I don't know the word in tra- whatever you're so far down that hole that you're even making light of it. Like Tim, you, uh, yeah, it's like you have to. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real here, but like we had um, a good example of that is you know we've just had this, God, I, I eviction isn't quite the right word, but you just had the uh, L.A. police force kick out all these people living in tents at Echo Park Lake, and there was um, the, I didn't verify this, but I you know giving the benefit of the doubt, this is real. There was leaked. Um, audio chatter of the helicopters that were circling above them. Hmm. And they they said, uh, one of them said like, oh, isn't it great when these things are filled with the gasoline drops or like whatever that's called? And the oh, napalm? Uh, no, no, not like, like army, but like when for whatever reason, helicopters carry gasoline around for other purposes oh, and okay. can drop it, <laughs> maybe to then burn forest or whatever. Oh, I um, see. And then... Uh, and then one of them said, uh, you know, when they were above all these houseless people, said, yeah, I'll bring the match kind of thing. And they, the other one chuckled at that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what's going on. That's a perfect example of what I'm getting at is like when you're so far down this normalizing, inflicting pain on, yeah. you know, something that feels, someone that feels pain. I was going to say something that feels pain, meaning, you know, animals too. Um yeah, it's, it's like scary. The gallo- it's, it's the the gallows humor of it all well, is sort of the the only. It's like the last. I don't know. It's the it's the bottom of of the coping mechanism of this stuff. Yeah, and it's um uh I guess yeah now just applied again to a scene in this movie, like you see that when Ida is just so tickled at kind of harassing and talking down, like they're just you know, animals in a sense, how we, you know, largely treat animals as just sort of like, you know, things of just to laugh at. Isn't that cute? Isn't their misery just kind of funny or whatever? When she's <laughs> treating like all the, the heads sticking out of the ground that way, like that, that's, right, that's right. the horror, most horrifying horror for me in this kind of movie is that kind of just dehumanization that happens of like, I'm, uh, yeah, you're my captured pet. You're just fu- like to uh, uh, all that stuff really gets to me. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. I'll I'll give it that for sure. <laughs> it's like 
there's all of these things going on, you know, in, in the shell of something that seems totally dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Well, the, the dumbness is what's so great, too. Like, down to, it's, it's just sort of breaks our rules of, like, working and not working, <laughs> you know, because it worked that it isn't working. Like, just a funny little example of that is when, What's the uh, the the Rasputin band or what is it? The, the oh my god! The, like like <laughs> yeah, it, it is something like that. Rasputin. Uh, yeah, the um, the band that is in its van. They're like smoking pot. They're like punk guys partying. One of them's wearing the worst fake beard you've ever. seen. Oh my seen. god! Yeah, I usually don't know. See, there's there's a perfect example of what I'm getting at too. That fake beard. It's horrible, but it's great because it's so bad. <laughs> like. Right. It's so taped on. And then you also had um, John Ratzenberger as one of them, the drummer. That was really funny seeing him, young John yeah. Ratzenberger. Cliff Clavin, that's uh, who I was talking about. Right, right. Cliffy. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, after, you know, they, they crash because of um, Farmer Vincent, they're putting out bear traps in the middle of yeah, the road, mind you. Their van flips over, crashes down the hill, and then when... Ida, I think it is, goes down to gas him and knock him out while they're still trapped in the van. Instead of them, instead of what you'd expect to hear after a major accident and they're all flipped over of them, dude, are you okay? What the fuck? You don't get out? They're like freaking out or just really concerned and distraught. They're kind of like, oh man, what just happened? Yeah, get off of me. They're just, it's just this kind of weird, (laughs) like, like as if they just weren't in this major accident. It's those kinds of idiosyncrasies that if it was a quote-unquote good movie you just wouldn't have but they right. they really as a whole make up for this fun vibe for a late night midnight movie yeah you know it's <laughs> it's sort of slapdash at times but then like you have that stunt of of the van i was like when that happened i was like damn and like when they he- like really <laughs> They really crashed a van well, and like flipped it. Even that when the Vincent's um going after those two other girls and remember that who are stopped by the fake cows in the middle <laughs> of the road. <laughs> yeah, the it's, fake cows. Rather than just some other like little trap or him pulling them out of it. It's like this elaborate like chase car chase scene where he's ramming the car and all that to get him. Like they they yeah. do kind of go all out in this film. It's funny. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Even though it's dumb, it's 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 working. Yeah, there's it's very strange. Something about it. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll just start going down my list here. Moments will spur other talking points. Her Ida just was su- such a weird character. I can't think of anyone quite like her in another movie. You know, she's pretty borderline for me. No, yeah, I know she's. It, she, she she's like the embodiment of what this movie is she's not kind of like all great like i'd say um <laughs> Vin, vincent smith is but i mean she's so key to creating this weird little world who she is in the end though too you know like even if she's borderline you know hit or miss you know overall and i don't know she's still by the end you can't imagine it without her <laughs> you know what i mean yeah no, that's true. That's so, very true. So, but her her star scene for me was when she's uh, attempts to kill Terry by inviting her out for, as she puts it, 
Tubin, which is when they go to their little like swim a hole mini pond lake. And they, you know, they have their, their swimwear on. She's got a, Ida's got her little swim hat on and they get, jump in in their black inner tubes. And I thought it was genuinely disturbing the way Ida tried to drown her. Yeah. Like, I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. that was intense. Like, because first, you know, she sort of builds this, she's coming at it from, oh, let's just sort of have a fun camaraderie. We're going to play together. I'm going to take you tubing. You've never been tubing before. And then just to switch over to, I'm going to drown you. I'm a large person who's going to hold you underneath the water. It is, it is really disturbing. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's an unpleasant fear for me like getting <laughs> yeah. held underwater I don't like that one yeah um un- okay I, I, be, I mean I got bigger things not so much going down the list here but you remember he brings up the idea of it's another kind of great you know thematic fun through line hang your hat on of how he really enjoys getting to set up these traps and come up with them yes. and you know like how he's like, yeah, no, all this about, you know, we have you lying on the side of the road is part of our evil plot. Da, da, da. Or he doesn't say evil plot. But basically they have this little discussion that adds up to the creativity of what they're doing allows for an artistic outlet for <laughs> Farmer yeah. Vincent. And <laughs> and even though they didn't mention it as applying to their actual like harvesting plot that they're doing, it definitely does. T- Elaborate. Long pause on Tim. I'm sorry. Elaborate. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, what they do for burying these people underground is very creative and elaborate. <laughs> like, sure. Like, I'd say that is a Confusing. full... Confusing. Yeah. But so, so Tim, that all that is what really sold me on the film. And the scene of the film for me that was like, this isn't even just... It's working in partly because of it's bad. This was a just great scene. Like you could build an actual great movie around the scene, I thought, was the, as he put it in it, with the radical hypno high he puts the, the band <laughs> members in. Like you yeah. tried to describe it in the summary where he sets up these like pinwheel spirals with flashing colored lights. And, and, okay, I, I want to know what your what is your interpretation on that, Tim? Why do you think he did all that? Uh, that I just don't think there's an answer. Like, <laughs> I just was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe do we do weird stuff with animals to think that it somehow is like enhancing the 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 final product like process stuff yeah so it is just insane and makes no real sense it's just like it's just seems like that old it's like wives tale or like folk tale type stuff of like oh hey you know if you if you if you slap the rump three times before you cut the the whatever that that makes it taste better in the end that's ex- that's what it feels like to me. Well, that's exactly what it is, and it's it gets at the fast. I mean, that was my take on it immediately. Um, but I think that's fascinating in real life too, because it's as far as I know, it's the kind of thing where it's like there's. I just like want to into into it so hard that there is science on it that will be more you know out there and valid someday. As far as like the 
the the the the pain and the misery that an animal is in mm. when they're killed is somehow in their <laughs> in the mm, flesh sure. of theirs that you're eating. You know, that's got to be true. Because, like, you think of pain manifests as you can be pretty literal about it. Pain manifests as like disease and and all yeah. that, and we're eating it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 Um. So I think that really works that scene because it's sort of getting at how ridiculous it is to try to compensate for that in a way. It's like, it's horrifying in the sense of like, imagine like when a cow's slit is, uh, throat is slit or whatever, if it was like standing in front of a projection screen of like a happy meadow and like a a pretty (laughs) other cow, like is that just that much more horrifying, you know? Like it's- Well, in a way it's sort of like, I just heard a statistic, uh, well, a little, a little, I don't know, diatribe about Monsanto and and herbicides and pesticides and whatever. In a way, it feels kind of like that to me, where it's like this is a this is their version of fertilizer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, like, in spite of the negative connotation or ultimate effect that it may have on the thing that you're growing. It's like, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like the flip side of that is when something's homemade, it can taste better somehow, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Uh, like we all relate to that, but even if it doesn't make sense in how we think of these things, you know, these things <laughs> yeah. in actuality, it's, it's, it's so a funny line. So much stuff is so made up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people just make stuff up and then they're like, no, trust me, man, that's, it's true. I swear that works. You know, like, you just made that up. Like, it's not based on anything. Well, that's the way my parents did it. Yeah. So fucking what? Right, right. There's a, I think we humans are really, really prone to that logic. Or, I guess, flawed logic. But I mean, it's, it. it's, it's, but, you know, in the case of stuff like this, it's not so much like, one person said it and we all caught on it's sort of like a separate experiential thing as far as like we can all we weren't have to be told hey a homemade meal tastes better you know for it to be for it to have a ring of truth to it for us um yeah what do you think of this whole this whole bit by bruce toward the end when he he tells terry that vincent has syphilis of the brain What? <laughs> what do I you think remember of that? that? Yeah, I remember it, but like, like I didn't what? think anything of it, really. <laughs> what do you think he's getting at there? I think is he it, just yeah. saying that. I think it's to, what, to discourage her. I think it's what or does we, he? I think it's it's a way to put what we already said, where it's just like on some deep level, there's is an insane man. <laughs> you know, he's got a screw loose and has built his life around that. But then the thing where it's like we feel for him and we not, well, what is a screw really loose when it's more because of a societal influence versus a, again, he thinks he's doing okay. So I don't know. It's <laughs> right. it's kind of like, is he crazy when the world is crazy is what I think is interesting. Or I don't right. know. What that I think Bruce up for me. is projecting. <laughs> I think Bruce just sucks. Bruce sucks too. Uh, one something else, just though, because I was still kind of on the uh, just the standout scene that I thought was mm-hmm. incredible. Them getting buried and shown that <laughs> the the pinwheel light show. It works. It's yeah. It's it's so funny how uh, he the way he he like has his whole 
uh, hypnotist spell that he says to them, the way he's counting down from 10 or whatever he is, the way he says you're going to like astral project into a place of... Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's like, you know, he is essentially trying to bring them to a place of of peace or not caring or something. So that is why I, I got it's out of it what I did. the humane way to kill your meat. So, and what's... But what is so great and why it reveals like an insanity is because... However, your method looks for doing that, because like Tim, if I was just like to you, okay, so we know that that's his thinking, that he has to bring them to some sort of oblivious peace or ecstasy. How does he do that? You know, it could look like a lot of things, but the point is, like, no matter how it looks, though, it's going to be specific. And yeah. it's going to look crazy because of that. There is no yeah. normal way to do that. So I felt like the only way you could have him do that is to have it be as weird and out there as it is, you know? <laughs> that is tr- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It does really make me think that these guys, you know, it's satire. Like, it's hardcore satire in the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it... It's purposeful satire. Yeah, they're having... And I think that's cool. Yeah, they're definitely having fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked... Uh, I liked the location. And it's really all that we get. Like, when you said at the beginning, oh, yeah, you're in some small town or whatever, we don't ever see a town. It's just, like, make-out point and some roads and There's, this like, place. The, the one scene with Wolf... Wolfman Jack. Oh yeah, the church. That's you're right. Like a yeah, it's like a church on a corner. It's that's it. Though. Yeah, like, that's all we get. You're right. Um, I do like it. You know, it's so it's so California. Mm. Like like from a well, from a filmmaker standpoint, when you once you've made like a couple things out here, like it's it's really easy to identify like this area especially anything that's trying to be like in the woods because the woods here there really aren't woods here they they have a very specific look to them it's all oak trees and like dry brush and and shit like that. well how about the the, because you were kind of gonna just speak to the motel like how what did you yeah it's got like how would you describe the feel of it and kind of the decorations and style it's got a spanish um almost like a mission, like a Spanish mission sort of architecture to it. It's, you know, it's like a do, a, what do you call it? Adobe, mm-hmm. adobo, adobe? Adobe. Adobe walls, white painted, like whitewashed adobe walls and like dark wood. Um, uh, what do you call this? Man, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm having a stroke right now. Um, what, what are the tiled roof shingle things called? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're clay or they're, you know, whatever. But like, it's that whole thing. But I, I, I mean, down to the, the like glass beads that they have hanging between the main, like between crossing <laughs> right. between two rooms. Like, it's just that got that 70s. It, yeah. It's, well, it's like, I love, like, we've talked about in other 70s movies we watched. This is 1980, so still very much, you know, 70s feel. Right. And all that. Um, but we've talked so much about, oh, yeah, I love that 70s vibe. It's so, oh, that's cool, nice furniture. 
But here, it's just got that layer of grease and dirt over everything. Yes. And it just feels gross. It just makes I mean, the, the aesthetic the, feel gross. <laughs> when they get into, when the when the two swingers show up. I love this stuff. I loved when they, sh- that guy was cracking me up. He was so funny. It is some of the best stuff, for sure. His smile. <laughs> just, it, he keeps like showing. Those two characters. <laughs> his grinning teeth was just so funny. They are they are incredible, super weird. But when they get into the actual room, like that motel room is I don't even know how to describe it. It does it's it's this really specific thing. It's not like what I think of when I think of a motel room. Cause I come from the, you know, I'm from the East Coast Midwest, right? Like a, a motel there has a very different feel. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't really know how to get more specific with it. Well, but it's just different. they felt right at home there to me is a way to describe <laughs> yeah. how the room felt. Yeah. That whole scene is incredible when, and just so bizarre. It's just the it's like so obvious when uh they turn when um when Ida and um Vincent are standing there, like rope in hand, ready to kill them or whatever. And you just know what they're thinking. It's just, it's like, this is another example where it's just so stupid because it's so obvious, yes. but it's also so great because it's just like these people doing this, you know, <laughs> because it is so obvious. It's great. Um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole sequence. Yeah. Is, is just so over the top. Right. They get all excited about, um, getting hogtied by them, you know, and will right. oh yeah, nitrous oxide. Cool man. They've got their wild outfits on, their swingers outfits on. Yeah. They're just into kink, man. She's doesn't she whip up like everything in the room, like destroys all these lamps first? Or am I just thinking of a different movie oh, that happened to have wait. a woman whipping things? Yeah, she does. No, she does <laughs> she does. She like breaks like three or so things. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is a, like, I'm sorry, Miss. This is a Wendy's. Could you please leave? Like, what's going on? But just, just some of that trash in the place. Just uh, it was another fun example of like what you had with um, the band, where it's like, oh, you have these these, <laughs> yeah. these Southerners versus the hippies kind of thing. You know, all that is is super fun. These swingers, these out there you know, liberal swingers or crazy, you know, West Coasters, you know, just getting stared down by by the traditional conservatives. That's all that stuff is so good. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, what else did I like? I mean, that's, that seems like the movie to me. Um, I mean, how about specifically, though, shout out to their shouting of that sound that the gurgling sound of them with their throats cut out. It was like, I, I it just I, like the movie as a whole, like I hated it, but I, I loved it, like because I hated it. <laughs> it was just so weird. And to think like the sounds that they were making and just imagining the people, whoever was recording that for the making of this film, like committing to that performance, is just so so odd. And- do you do you think that the sound that we are hearing was actually the sounds being produced by the actors in the moment? Maybe a bit is in the mix, but it's so over the top. It's just. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like you, it's very you strange. Can't really, yes, it's so weird. It's so <laughs> it's not how you'd expect it to sound, but it's like its own weird approach that they came up with. That's just like throughout the whole film. And then you think like it's doing all it can be doing because we just keep going back to it when we're all under there and their their heads are moving around at their bags and you hear this. <laughs> but then, like you said, it was so great to have all that culminate and them experience escaping and being their own weird like non-zombie zombie zombie mob where they're all rather than being quiet they're all yelling their their monster yells it sounds like (laughs) that was just so much fun too it's just i mean i'm with it but like what a ragtag group of like (laughs) of like people we've assembled to be all of them there first of all and that that was so much fun when they were mobbing Ida. And like she doesn't get scared when she sees their escaped. She gets excited, like, all right, fight time. But like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. What? She's down for anything. Like what? She's got an insatiable hunger for just <laughs> insanity. Yeah. <laughs> really does. Uh I really like the chainsaw fight. I mean, really, what compares to a chainsaw fight? And that we've it, now done two movies yeah. with chainsaw fights. And that Come it, on. it was built to, you know, when you see the the Scream Factory um release DV, uh, Blu-ray of this where like that's the cover and maybe uh, oh, other, yeah. there are other posters that for cover, you kind of think, "Oh, this is like a slasher movie where that is the villain." But no, the way they again like the way it it building I already kind of said, you know, worked as far as the character sense of him just going completely crazy. But just as far as the the the, the fun of a big chainsaw fight, it worked just to build have a, a build to that as well. Yeah, every time we see <laughs> a uh, you know like a slab of of body that's you know because it's inter it's sort of interspersed with the actual like pork slabs yeah and like it'll be like pork slab pork slab human torso pork slab (laughs) (laughs) right it's great i love that stuff reminded me of was it psycho three whereas like the the fingers in the um, the in in this one it was like the fingers in the ice in the barrel of just like body parts and then in psycho (laughs) three it was yeah the the fingers in the ice but just kind of that funny like moment of oh is she gonna see is she gonna see the yeah. human parts the, the second the movie started and they showed the like cured meats or whatever smoked meats I think they call it I was like oh that that's people mm-hmm. I mean yeah you know so then it, right away it becomes about the how you know yeah. <laughs> it's yep. it's like great there's not gonna be a big twist or anything we know what it is from the get go essentially so it's all in the fun and games of farmer uh farmer i keep forgetting his name farmer vincent's methods which he approaches with the creative uh approach <laughs> i also i also like the i guess he's sort of a he's a vet but like a health inspector animal health inspector guy that whole scene is so random it was a health inspector basically like a food health ex- inspector right right you know? yeah so it's like looking in to make sure the conditions are good and all that stuff i like having that sort of the like authority um cuz he ends up discovering a lot and i <laughs> after slipping I, in the mud yeah right getting scared and falling on his ass in the mud um but he's kind of a useful character and i think it's it's smart to have in a movie like this that 
ostensibly seems pretty loose. <laughs> it's cool to have that guy who like does some more snooping and and like was am I right in remembering that he's the one of the of the buried because he eventually gets caught and buried up to his neck as well. Is he the one who who manages to get an arm free? I believe so. Yeah, I think he's leading so he the attack. Really is like the hero of the movie in a way. And it's we kind of remember too. It's especially just um, a reversal when um, Ida takes particular joy in the fact that they've captured him. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, the whole thing is wild. I liked it's just so nutty. <laughs> they did a good job of just with uh Vincent's character of setting him up to where like he's he's really looked up to. Like not only does the meets have his fans, have his, has its fans, right. but like the way Ida kind of like idealizes idolizes him in a way and is kind of weirdly jealous of him when uh Terry is mm-hmm. into him. Um yeah, she's very subservient to him. But just he, as if he has sort of like a, a look up to leader quality yeah. about him, a stoicness in a way that it just gets into some horror and it's a fun character where, yeah, yeah, there are certain people who have that quality, but like a cult leader, what if whatever they're so sure yeah. about isn't so hot after all? <laughs> like a cult leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're very <laughs> convincing nonetheless because you just That's kind right. of trust their instincts you know yeah that's how they get you um what else did i think was cool um that was uh, that wolfman jack was in it at all was fun and that he was playing both wolfman jack on the radio i want to say as well as I think you're right as yeah. well as the preacher who is on tv and then marries them later yeah. <laughs> the preacher on tv it's so weird like what a random thing to throw in there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's cool i like that um i like the i like this the quote-unquote stunts throughout um like i said before bruce bruce's fight even though i hate bruce it's a good fight and his weird his weird tarzan move to to save terry from getting chopped up in the whatever that thing is mm-hmm. meat saw um pretty good super weird that moment as much as i love it i'm like what what why is this in this movie like it fits and doesn't fit it's the only time in the entire movie that you get something like it there's nothing else like that moment in the movie and it's like, are they trying to get us back on board with Bruce? Because he sucks. Right. It's weird. It's as almost like it just feels like with Bruce's character, the film is just scene by scene doing whatever it wants to with him as far as how he's yeah. portrayed. One second, he's despicable. Another second, he's supposed to be the hero that saves the day. You're just kind of like, Okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The number of times he tries to like grab Terry throughout the movie he's, and oh, like kiss he her, keeps, he's so gross. And he's just grabbing her throughout, like after she's, <laughs> yeah, after she's uh, traumatized from learning, or actually, actually, she's not very traumatized. But when she first hears about her boyfriend, whoever that was, who was killed in the accident, uh, the sheriff, whatever, just like, Bruce just grabbed like rather than giving a consoling kind of anything he just kind of like 
he like grabs onto her as a kind of like it's okay, be okay. I don't know. It's just I just hate him yeah. too. I think in, it. I, you know, maybe here's my take on on that weird uh, Tarzani movement. I think it's 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 how Bruce sees himself in that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I can get behind that. So <laughs> that's cool. a, that's really great. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I've got. I mean, Pig yeah, is ridiculous, and but a good, you know, that's a good, um, it's a good villain. Yep, I'll give you that. They're all good, good villains in a way. And then yeah. in the middle of it all is Terry. <laughs> Poor Terry. <laughs> great. Well, uh, shall we move on to our next section? Sounds like we're wrapping up with what worked. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? (laughs) Well, I guess as we already said, it's like what didn't work necessarily didn't not work, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, like I want. It's like, how do you criticize a movie that's sort of predicated on its own understanding of being dumb? Yeah, like I wanted to put, you know, I had the sheriff at one point was something I did put in what didn't work just because of how much I hated him. But that's just like part of what this movie is. It's just in its, it's in its bones. It's in its business. Well, I, I will say that Ida, I said earlier, she she's dangerously close to to like ruining the movie for me. Just her, the actor, is so close to to really tipping into slapstick, and like oh, as remarkable as this may be to say about this movie, <laughs> like her being overacty-y, like was almost too much, and so it was close. I was glad she was limited because at first I was like, oh no, yeah, it's weird. Like I. I agree and I don't. I was totally on that page, but now that in itself is just another like fabric of this movie thing. That weird, the weird sense that you get watching her and just the way it makes you feel weird. And then as I already said, like to change her casting just wouldn't feel right in the end because she is like, looks such a specific way and has such a, a feel yeah. to her. And like, even if on that kind of scene to scene, like, you know, there are, playing it up or playing it up too much or whatever, which I agree with you. It's like when she's committing to being like evil crazy, it's really working. Like when yeah. she's when she gets jealous and is poisoning them and like or being all obvious and over the top in that moment, it's it's working in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. Um I think my only real complaint, I guess, is that like if I, I felt myself having a hard time kind of staying engaged, and I guess that's probably a product of, of – it's a little plotting, right? Like it doesn't – I think it's hard to to know what you're trying to follow for a lot of the movie. I would say, yeah, the, Cause the beginning was no especially – no real main character. It was, it was kind of slow getting going for sure. yeah. I mean, Terry sort of becomes the protagonist, but not really. She's very passive. She's just sort of there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, the film never seems to totally side with anyone. Right. 
Or it flip-flops. But I think because yeah. of that, I felt, I was a little like, all right, let's, come on, something happened. But then, you know, it gets to a place where stuff is happening. But, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, in, this is something. In the horror movie sense, though, I like that, you know, they say it's so important in horror, you want to have that character to latch on to and that the one, mm-hmm. you know, you're sympathizing with. But I think this is an example of where there's something too, just that like, there's horror when you can't relate to anyone. Like, look at, like, you, like <laughs> right, something right. like 2000 Maniacs or, uh, or the other one we mentioned, like Tourist Trap. Like, it's just, you yeah. don't really, you don't like anyone. And it adds up to just kind of being in this weird, disturbing place that's just like, uh, not, you know, it'd be scary to be trapped there. But as a horror movie, it, it it's effective for it in the end, in a way. Yeah. Well, it's definitely one of those weird ones. I get why it's cult, sort of considered a culty, whatever. Um, yeah, I would, I'm surprised I had never. I didn't really know of it. <laughs> that's, it just sort of I missed it somehow. That's exactly it was never on my radar. Exactly what we have this show for, Tim. Yeah, Filling yeah. in our missing gaps. <laughs> I'm sh- when uh, when we were both getting excited about that eighties docu- horror movie documentary that came out into the darkness. I'm sure this was in there as the when they did oh, the nineteen eighty year. Yeah, yeah. Cool, dude. Great. All right. Well, if that's it for what did not work. We got our next section here: things of note. This should be interesting. Location-wise, I've been to this ranch that it was shot on, the Sable Ranch. Cool. Um, it's cool. It's a big patch of land. It's, it's a really nice area, actually. It's like, how would I describe it? It's it's Santa Clarita, so it's on this sort of backside of of um the the range of mountains that's that's northeast of where we are it's a really cool area there's some beautiful landscape up there so possible filming location visit we can do oh hell yeah yeah i mean i've i've been there for we were scouting for something so like yeah we could easily call that guy back up and and <laughs> just tell him we're there to scout and they'd show us around just tell him we're it's fun we're motel hell fans also maybe a little that's right I wonder if when I was there, because we drove by a bunch of old, you know, shacky sort of buildings. We were in like a, you know, a little uh, a ATV kind of gator Jeep thing. Um, and we were on, you know, we're up in the in the actual sort of wilderness area of, of the ranch. And I remember there being this whole section of, of structures. I wonder if one of them was this. This ho- uh, well, what was used as the motel? It's so That'd be pretty cool. It's so distinct, though. It's more than just a little structure. It is like this. No, this one is big. That's why I'm like, I'm not sure we passed anything that was this big. Yeah. So maybe it's not there anymore. But yeah, it's still a cool area. Yeah, we um we didn't end up getting our hands on the that that Scream Factory, Shout Factory Blu-ray we yeah. mentioned, but I'm sure there's a lot of fun special features on that oh, as bet, they do. Yeah. That'd be interesting to learn about this production and what remains <laughs> today and all that. So I feel like the big the big thing of note here, Tim, you probably have here, based, this is based on a true story 
out of Poland about a German serial killer and cannibal, Karl Denke. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was surprising to me. <laughs> right. So, so some, uh, so some details about that um, from the website swordandscale.com. And you can find it slash the real motel hell with dashes in between. Look that up for more about. It. But just some like just some highlights to get what was really going on. Um, Denke claimed that he was only defending his property while the evidence told a different story. Inside of his closet, they found bloodied clothing from both men and women, barrels of bones out behind a shed, and a diary documenting as many as 40 people who had met an untimely end by Denke's hand. Their, (laughs) Their bones were stripped clean, and their meat was pickled in a brine, which he would not only eat, but sold at a market in Rokrao as, quote, pork. With the economic downturn that had been plaguing Poland at this time, any meat was a godsend, and the prices that Denke sold the meat of his victims was the best deal to be had. It is unknown how many families may have starved to death if not for Denke's rogue pickling operations. Nothing from the bodies was wasted. Even the victim's hair was fashioned into shoelaces, which Denke sold door to door. He was was mortified that his secret had been found out, so he was just mortified. (laughs) Though Denke, (laughs) he may have felt that he was doing the town a service by ridding the area of unsavory individuals while seeing to it that families would have food and supplies to survive. Uh, The discovery ruined him, of course. Um, And he was, uh, after he was arrested, he was found hung, he hanged himself in his jail cell. Yeah, I mean, that's the movie, right? It's this paradox of presumed morality. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels like he's doing something that's genuinely, like, good. This all went down to right um, leading up to Christmas, around Christmas, was when he was caught and all that. So he was especially in the Christmas spirit of helping others at the time. <laughs> God. Wow, that's really intense. Yeah, yeah. Not to be put uh, lightly, as even though I may sound like it, especially even just chuckling now. But uh, well, just yeah, man, what an enter- enterprising fellow. <laughs> yeah, um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I hate to say it, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? Like, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that that's the mentality. I think a lot of the time, especially when shit's really bad i mean and there's the there's you know it's that thin line of like where do you like when is horrible behavior justifiable for survival that's i mean that's been the interesting trajectory you know from the vegan perspective too of in a western world where if you, you can afford whatever or i should say anything's available to you um you know how do you <laughs> where where is the lie? You know are you are you doing it for the good anymore? Whether it be for health, for feeding people, all that. Right. You know, it's I always respect most them. My 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 animal eating friends who will say no. I I do it just because it's tastes good, and I know it's I hate it, but it tastes good and it's convenient. And you know anyone who's just straight up like that, I'll be able to be on the same page with a little more because that's where, you know, I was always at. Yeah, it is a weird, yeah, it's a really intense dilemma that I I don't, you know, I've still, I'm all over the place with it. Right. Like I can't make a fucking 
like well you know i'll try to you'd probably you don't, you don't like it but i'll bug you sometimes. like from an intellectual like philosophical standpoint i'm like yeah i should not eat meat i mean you know for me like it always and then i do it always <laughs> like i can't i mean i can but i can't wrap my head around when you're like go on uh saying how grossed out you are about milk but that like you have an, an obsession with cheese and like <laughs> No, that's the thing. It it doesn't make sense. It's not logical, right? It's it's like programming. Well, do you do you think I mean, it is programming? Do you think program then? Um, uh, what did that, what did I say earlier? That cognitive dissonance is too strong of a term for this. Hmm. No, no. I still think it falls under that. I mean, mostly falls under that. Do you think, um, yeah, but programming maybe feels immediate and accurate as a way to put it, I agree, because kind of just like it's it's in the marketing, it's in it's in everything. Everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's it is so ingrained that like, you know, in a weird way, I'm like, I I I can both be like intellectually go, it's it's I can understand why we shouldn't be doing it, and I can also understand why people do it. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's justified. I'm just saying I get it. Yeah, it's just part of a some big process, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've started to make a pretty, you know, I mean, not an entire transition away from dairy, but, like, I'm much more likely to buy non-dairy cheese now. Um, I don't, outside of cheese, I don't really eat any or consume any other types of dairy. Um, but I still, you know, like I still eat eggs, I still eat meat, but I don't eat a ton of meat. I've, I've never really eaten a ton of meat, but like I eat chicken, you know? And do you, do you think of it as chicken or a chicken when you're eating it? I don't think of it. Yeah. I- you know what I mean? Like it that's what I mean by it's the program. It's like it's not even in the thought process. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't eat a, a very much red meat at all. Um and I don't really like pork in general. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easy for me to be like, oh, I can limit this quite a bit and if not completely work my way out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I it's it's a it's a paradox because it's like then I'll go out and not even think twice about getting a hamburger. Well, it's a, which is pretty rare, but like <laughs> it happens. It's it's available to you, and again, it's not it's not your it's not like here is a cow. It's here is a hamburger. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so. think, God, I mean, I think now it's just like the stuff of nightmares when I see like a Carl's Jr. ad and that voice comes on 100% Angus beef, you know, and it's just that like <laughs> yeah. the glory shots of it. And I, mm-hmm. I've always been kind of grossed out by that depiction of food. I mean, like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. I just can't. I'm all over the place. I, it's just, I can only picture any like stuff that came from animals or animal like products themselves is like being made in reverse, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> what do you, what, yeah. what do you think of people like who seemed kind of like 
like actively though, you know, they want to like more stay in the denial of like, I don't want to, I don't want to know where this came from. I don't want to watch this violent video. Like, I don't know. That's, that's for me is what's, what's the weirdest for me of kind of like a grasping onto it. Like I, that's just a typical, like, like that's just a, uh, a naturally common human response to anything that you don't like, you know, you don't want to have to look at the thing that's hard to look at. Do you think if more people did, they'd want to not eat like a burger if they saw how it was made? No, maybe some percentage, but I don't think it would, I don't think it would have a, a large overwhelming impact at converting people. I just don't. It's funny when there's like, I think that's where the cognitive dissonance comes in. It's when, um, you can imagine, you know, I have fun watching a video. You could look at this as the reverse. Maybe this is just vegan propaganda, you know, but like, I love the videos you'll see, like where people do just find people off the street and kind of like fill them all in on how it's fun. You know, it will start as a taste test of like, here's, you know, a Burger King burger. And then they surprise them afterwards, telling them it's made from impossible meat or whatever. Sure. And they're like, would you consider this? And then they go into the whole, like how, you know, factory farming actually works. And every single one of them is so horrified that they kind of like end up there anywhere from, I'm going to stop eating the, the, the regular burgers right now to, I really have to stop and just think about this. You could tell they're at, or they're at least say, I'm definitely want to eat less of it and think about it. You know, it's, it's, so as far as this like selective portrayal, I mean, it's right. Right. But then you have these other people who are like, kind of like on that other side that we're talking about of like, really, what is really, really doubling down in a certain ethos looks like. And you'll see, you know, there, there, there's the people who then like, no, man, I, I love it. It's stupid cat, you know, like cows, whatever. Like, what about, you know, it's, it's give me a good burger any day. Like, you know, they'll well, have to like in I the mean, face we, of the violence. No, scientifically speaking, there is just a common third of any population that will always um, sort of conservatively resist new ideas that's just it's all there's that that's been consistent throughout history that's what conservatism is (laughs) essentially yeah i mean right like in its in its truest form that's yeah that's what it's based on right there so and we know that it's always about a third like that's a that's a thing that we've been able through history to track so so you can kind of just trying to convert that third of of people is is it's almost like don't even bother yeah right? yeah it's the other 70% that you have to kind of say okay well it's a spectrum what's effective like like anything like like really anything if you're trying to get something across you got to be nuanced about it and understand that people are going to land in different places on the spectrum and it's going to be a slow process yeah like, I don't think we're going to convert in, you know, large amounts for another generation at least. But, like, our generation is, it, you, you've seen it throughout our generation. There has been a, 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 a noticeable shift, right? Like, when we were kids, you didn't see non-dairy stuff. You didn't see vegan. Vegan wasn't a thing. 
like it was, but like not in the, you know, publicly sort of or public knowledge of it wasn't. Right. And I mean, it's 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 helpful, but I don't know if this is ironic, but it's I, I related to more. I mean, I finally got for the first time of, you know, not liking labels and resisting labels, you know, how how people feel. I remember I, I think I said something like that to my friend who, you know, is forced to like identify as the label gay or homosexual because like we have to label, you know, he can't just be him. I like, I like got yeah. that for the first time kind of thing of just how I'm like, no, I don't, it, it suggests that there's a, a default that you aren't. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. what it does. Yeah. So I've I I really I it's for the first time I maybe is a good thing can relate more all sorts of people. But like yeah, I'm like no, I you say oh oh so you're vegan oh da, da, da. but I'm like no, I just I don't I don't like thinking of it that way. I just think of it as like I don't eat animals or stuff that comes from them. And I wish even even though that takes longer to say, I wish that was the like <laughs> the way it was said. No, just say what it is because then there's so much more just kind of. Uh, pretense put on to words like that yeah well i will say we li- we live in a a time and a region in particular that it, the prevalence of alternative <laughs> like you know uh um eating habits or dietary things is is it's it's pretty big we got right? options like it exists. but then you know i went to milwaukee you know, land of beer, meat, and cheese. And, like, they had a ton of non-dairy stuff and, like, uh, you know, uh, plant-based meat stuff. And I was like, this, like, I went to, into a grocery store. I was like, this place has 10 times the amount of options than my grocery store in Los Feliz down the street. <laughs> and I was like, this is so strange. It, it's going The on? only reason it's there is because people are buying it, too. That's right. So, you know, yeah. I mean, we're the the scales are tipping. That's for sure. It's just I think it's going to take a long time. Well, I can uh, use that to transition into my recommendation, but I can't quite because I had one more remaining thing of note for Motel Hell, which is just oh. I thought it was fun how the they set up the the kinky swingers couple. They specifically <laughs> give them cabin number one, which I thought was a fun shout out to Psycho, a fun nod to Psycho mm-hmm. of like selectively mm-hmm. giving them that one for whatever reason. Yeah. Cool, dude. Great. All right. No other, it sounds like no other thing of note for you. So, nah. Like I, like I have anything. To- All right. Then we'll move on. We don't have a, I was going to say it like we had a fun little theme song for it. Sorry, folks, we don't. We're just going to simply <laughs> move on to our recommendations and why I said I can transition from earlier. I was excited for this movie to come out on Netflix for a while because, you know, I love um, I love this kind of thing, the animal animal rights stuff. Uh, the sort of spiral, spiritual successor to Cowspiracy, Seaspiracy, came out this last week. And... It's kind of terribly made, like as far as just it's so like 
god, it's just like so obvious, just like the music cues and like the kind of hmm. like you're watching one of your ghost TV show kind of editing styles <laughs> things. You know what <laughs> I mean? But I mean, I miss them. But the, the just the story being told, of course, I just still loved it. And it's like even if half the information is true, it's still horrifying. But like specifically to transition into it, it's all on theme. Like you said, yeah, I think it's going to take this long to transit. It could be a wild transition into this stuff. Um, I think, I mean, we, there's a real, there's a, a ticking clock on all this and it's oh yeah very, very soon. And I think it's more like, rather than you see it taking a long time, it's like we're being forced at a, a tipping point here. The, the, uh, the, 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 the sources that this film was at least citing said that in, 2045, the oceans will be devoid of fish. Holy fuck. I've seen stuff about this, like the bleaching of the coral reefs and all of that. It's bad. And you know what else is being bleached or dyed is salmon farmers uh, dyeing their salmon, their gray salmon pink to sell. It's so, so ridiculous. So the the it was I mean, but please please do watch it, everyone. It's again, I give you that that whatever warning heads up. It's like whatever, but it's 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 fun. It's I I just I think it's important to watch, even if you just want to call it like vegan propaganda or whatever. At least just be open to it, because because uh, as I said, there's a ticking clock, and it's fun too in the conspiracy sense, Tim, where it's like it's not a conspiracy. It's hardly conspiracy because this is kind of like all on the surface for anyone there who looks for it. But the conspiracy if, if, of the movie, I guess, is that he's or why it takes that approach and angle is like at a certain point he's trying to figure out like he figures out the statistics of well, why is it that like all you know the the plastics in the ocean, the trash in the ocean is kind of the biggest deal you know that's happening. That's killing everything else. It's killing us. It's just affecting everything. It's horrible. The mammals, you know, all the everything, everything. It just kelp it down to destroying the whole ecosystem, humans included. So why is it, so the statistics on all that is that that is all primarily fishing related waste. It's not like. Like the, like we, there's a viral YouTube video of a turtle getting a straw up its nose and like 0.003 of plastics like that are what is what's making up the plastic. Like the vast majority of it is all fishing related. So the conspiracy kind of thing is when you, these kind of go searching for all these different, um, what are all the different big ocean conservation companies that kind of have their splashy web pages and like the the companies that put dolphin safe on everything and just that it's like all BS where those companies that um that say uh you know here's a list of 10 things you can do to save the oceans none of them have anything to do about actually eating less or not eating fish and supporting the fishing industry which is basically the entire issue it's and so so, so be it it's the conspiracy was like that those companies are all basically supported and funded by the fishing industry so what you're saying is drinking out of a paper or metal straw is not really saving any turtles no it's just kind of makes you feel nice that's right if you want to st- if you want to save sea life you stop eating sea life and that right. I actually and if you want to save our lives too <laughs> <laughs> right 
You know, do you feel like there's a little bit of a missed opportunity here with the title? Of Everyone the made that joke, Tim. It's conspiracy. <laughs> like, it seems like it's right there. Everyone, it's not a joke. I just think it's a missed up. Like, why wouldn't you? Go everyone, with that? there's like eight, like everyone on Letterbox and Twitter said that exact same thing about it, Tim. It's just well, funny, and it's because it's, as I said, the spiritual follow up yeah, to yeah. cowspiracy. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> Man, I feel, I mean, it just seems like it writes itself. Like, why wouldn't you go for it? All right, I get it. So please watch it, everyone. Please watch it, Tim. Seaspiracy uh, okay. on Netflix. I almost did the other day, but I didn't. I will. Um. So here's mine. I watched a movie called Vivarium. Let me make sure that's right. Is that how you say it? I've heard of it, yeah. That seems right. Um, It's trippy. It's like this, you know, I mean, it's very allegorical, but it uh, it's like a couple gets trapped in a, in a, um, what would you call it? Um, like a housing development neighborhood. And it, like just sort of devolves into this, like they're in, they're in the maze and they can't get out and there's nobody else there. And they are being, they're being kind of like told what to do, but like, it's very sci-fi mythological, uh, what is going on? Eerie, weird, cool, bizarre. And uh, I, I liked it, I think, a lot more than I thought I was going to, primarily because one of the leads is Jesse Eisenberg, who I, I'm not super thrilled about, generally speaking, but he's okay in it. Like, they do yeah. fine with, like, limiting the things that I've seen in other movies where I've, like, been put off by him. Um, and the lead, the the his wife, his, the, the wife character is uh, played by Imogen Poots, who is really good. Man, she's good. Um, it gets very weird at the end, which I absolutely love. Um, they do a couple things I won't spoil, but they do some sound design stuff in this movie that is so effective and unnerving. Like, I was, I, I was like kind of giddy like oh my god they're doing this thing what a genius thing to do like i've never seen anybody do that it's so fucking weird and cool and like uh, almost upsetting because it's unnatural so it's worth it it's definitely worth it cool that was just that was just on the kind of cusp of like should i watch this soon should i not i was for a while too and so you know yeah great well tim I'm very excited, as always, to see what our next film is. So can you get that out, and I'll tell you when to to stop. And Can I ever? <laughs> All right. Can I ever? Here we go. And stop. It is... Oh, wait. Can you see this? Hang on a second. Here we go. Ready? Night of the Demon, 1957. Whoa, 1957. Isn't there an 80s Night of the Demon, too? Night of the Demons. Oh, okay. 80s movies. What if this was the movie that they watch in the drive-in in in Motel Hell? Wouldn't that be a trip? 
that would be that would be the like I I, I would I don't know what I would do. <laughs> well, it's probably not, so we're okay. I'd be so freaked out. But um, no, this was another <laughs> uh, Jacques Tournay directed one. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, we did Cat People, so I'm sure I wanted to watch mm. it for that. And um, I, I did a, you know, I was looking at some lists of like top movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and uh, I'm sure got this from there. Someone suggested it. So next week we'll cool. check it all when it's all about. Great. Great. Well, in the meantime, you know, please in the meantime. <laughs> watch Night of the Demon. You can sit and yeah, watch sit it. and talk about it with us. You can find us <laughs> wherever you found us. Or big ask is you can tell a friend. Want to give credit where credit is due to to our sound mixer and master Brendan Welch. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Master Welch. <laughs> exactly. Great. Great. Well, then, <laughs> in closing. Um, <laughs> what was that quote? In closing, meat's meat and a man's gotta eat. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Yes, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>